Hey, buddy. What's up? Um, what are you doing? Um, just listen to some slick jazz, cleaning the house, <laughs> hanging out with Maria. Are you uh, upset at all? Maria's, Maria's playing with the fidget spinner right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the thing that you buy in like head shops? I don't. I don't think. I don't know. That's where I always see him. Not that I ever spent any time in contracts. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, hang on one second. We'll let you talk to Winnie. Hello? Winnie? Yes? Hi. Do you know who this is? This is Christian. You know my voice that well? Yes. <laughs> uh, can I ask you a couple questions? Yes. How old are you? Seven. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Does your mom uh, give you everything that you want in the world? Not all the time. Um, Winnie, what's your favorite thing about your dad? Snuggling with him. Snuggling with him? Yeah. Is there anything that, that your dad does that you don't like? Okay. Can I ask you something and you tell me honestly? Yeah. Is he telling you what to say? Yeah. <laughs> this season of Good is sponsored by Kessler Crane, manufacturers of innovative tools for filmmakers. Make sure to check out KesslerCrane.com. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E.com for more info. This season of Good is also sponsored by Musicbed. Musicbed has been changing the game when it comes to music licensing for filmmakers through curating the best indie music in the world. We personally use them all the time, so make sure you do too. For more info, check out musicbed.com. Now here's the show. Hey everyone, my name is Jared Hogan. And I'm Christian Schultz. And this is Good. So we just did an interview. Yeah. We just got off an interview with today's guest. Um, and I had a very good time. I think he was great, too. man. Yeah. He was great. I, he was, um, I feel like as, I don't know, like directors who are always having to write <laughs> like conceptually, I don't know, like uh, hearing it was interesting hearing Saul because I felt like he kind of spoke like my language a little bit, you know, like, let me ask you, let me ask you this before the interview. Yeah. Uh, how would you describe a producer? Um, well, that's like, you know, that's ago. like a trick question. No, I'm just saying like, <laughs> uh, I ask don't know. me the same question. And I'll answer honestly. Okay. I'll answer as honestly as I, as I can. You know, I, I've worked with a lot of different, like producers who handle things differently, you know, like, um, so it'd be hard to like put, give like a narrow answer, but um, right. yeah, like I, I'd say like the main responsibility as like I probably saw it was um, me being like as a director being like here's here's what I'd like to do, here's the concept, here's like whatever, uh, and then them making it happen, 
Right. You know, Same. and us doing, yeah. doing that together. Is that, is that what right. you'd say too? Oh yeah, for sure. I think that's I, what I, I gained from this, just chatting with him a little bit. I know that you did too, but um, the idea that you can have a creative producer involved is actually very interesting to me. Right. Instead of what I've experienced, not all the time, but most of the time where it's kind of like, okay, what do you want to do? Okay. Like kind of like that, that step right. is completely dependent on you as the director to, uh, right. To have that all figured out before you even like really approach a producer. So it's interesting right. to like, cause I mean, man, I am like always on the search for people that are um, willing to like listen and uh, and give like legitimate um, not feedback. Uh, I mean that too, I guess, but like be able to bounce ideas back and forth with that's right. I, I don't trust a whole lot of people um, to do that with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know exactly what, what you're is talking that about. little, what is that giggle? I don't know. I don't, what is that giggle? Well, you just had a little bit of a pause between, when you said the rest of the sentence from, uh, <laughs> I just don't trust that many people. Pause. Okay. <laughs> that may be true in general. But yeah, I think today's episode is a really good insight into, no, I don't think not just producing. If you want to produce, yeah. if you are a current producer um, on any level, today's a good episode for you to listen in very intently. But I think just all filmmakers, I think there's a, a lot of great advice um, given today by Saul um, on just how to approach working with people in general. And um, so there's a lot of good nuggets in here today. We talk a lot about uh, on set stuff. We talk a lot about uh, working with you too. And uh, what else did we talk about, Jared? Um, yeah, just kind of like Saul's philosophy when it comes to his role as a producer Um how he kind of helps manage um, a production, uh, a set, and how he relates to a director specifically. So, yeah, it was, yeah. It was really in- interesting. And I think it's worth mentioning, like, all the directors that he's worked with. You know, he's not, he's not like a – he's not just like a producer. He's, like, uh, producing right. at a really high level. Um, you know, working with Inaritu, Anton Corbin, Autumn DeWilde, Grant Singer, Hiro Murai – uh, Mark Romanek, Miles J, Olivia Wilde, and the list just kind of goes on, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, yeah. I, I think all that to say, like, I, I, his opinion and kind of perspective carries a lot of weight. Right. For me. You know? And if you don't get anything from today's episode, you will learn what to do when someone has a seizure on set. Correct. <laughs> Dude, that's like clickbait. Yeah. Now you have to watch, you have to, you have to listen to the episode now. <laughs> So here's our interview with Saul Germain. Um, okay, so yeah, how you doing, man? Where are you right now? I'm um, I'm in LA. Um, okay, I um, up on a mountain where I live on the east side of the city. Nice. Mm-hmm. So Saul, um, we haven't met formally, but uh, it's good mm. to meet you. Uh, and I, I think you have a beautiful voice. I just want to put that out there. Wow. Um, <laughs> Could you, um, I know know we've established that you've been busy, but um, just from afar, I've been seeing that you've been doing some stuff with U2. Um, Could you kind of maybe describe what that was and what your role was in in that whole thing? Yeah, I, um, yeah, and I actually just went 
um, well, I just went to their concert last night and kind of saw the the fruits of the work that that we've been doing right. for the past months, and it was a it was cool. Um, Is that the first I, time that you got to see them? I I've seen them. I saw them um, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, but it was not. It, there was no context like this. It was just a right. a rock show for a, you know famous band. But here it was a. Uh, it was special. I, I I produced eleven short films with um, um, the directive from the band um, to Anton Corbin and myself, um, basically to um, concept and create these films that um, were to be paired with a number of different tracks that they'd play off the Joshua Tree album for this anniversary tour, and. Um, Wow. It was just the most special thing. It was really yeah. uh, just full of magic to be able to go into this project knowing that we were really just kind of um, trying to do uh, in whatever like most honest way we could uh, kind of tap into the messaging of each song right. and you know the, the relevance now politically and um, just really to kind of go to the heart of things and um, to translate that into a visual medium, um, you know, with content that had didn't exist before and wasn't exactly referencing things from 30 years ago, but was hearkening to something that, right. um, you know, people love and was beautiful. And um, so we shot over um, a number of days uh, at the start of last month, uh, or maybe it was a month before, I'm not sure, mm -hmm. um, all over Southern California Death Valley and um, Lancaster, Joshua Tree, and just a lot of beautiful, wide, uh, expansive landscape photography and slightly moving portraiture images. Right. Mm -hmm. right. And then there's this really huge screen behind the band, um, mm -hmm. and everything we made was cut into these films that were montagey, but um, non-narrative more of just right. kind of like a visual flow um that was projected you know behind the band for the concert so you know i mean it was amazing yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was sitting in the the rose bowl yesterday night just kind of peering up at these things and we'd shot all on uh, most all on um alexis 65 and it was mm -hmm. just a cool just so cool um to see it so big it really you know, right right you know, did you cry reason. Um, I didn't cry outside, okay. but I did feel, uh, I feel <laughs> interior weeping. Yeah. I feel like there that were would other... be my, my only reaction. Like if, if I had the same, uh, well, cause like U2 is such like a, um, huge band. You know what I mean? Like, oh, know, yeah. like in there, Jared, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but, um, just being like a mild fan that I was, someone bought me a ticket to mm -hmm. go see their like 360 tour. And I just like weeped the whole time. I don't know. It's like a weird U2 thing. We're just very emotional. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it, it's it's very true. Um, I don't think I've ever seen so many bros um, yeah. feeling <laughs> so many things yeah. all in one place. It was, uh, it was a lot of bros yeah. expressing themselves in a, in a special <laughs> way. <laughs> and you were a part of that. Yeah, <laughs> I was one of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> willingly. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah, you made that happen. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> did you did you get to um, like what was the relationship 
doing that with the band, I guess, like, mm. was there a lot of creative, um, mm. you know, more collaboration mm. between you and the band or was you guys kind of separate? Really, it was, um, I mean, there was a lot um, by proxy through Anton because Anton mm. has this four decade, maybe a little longer relationship with those guys and, right. you know, has been, you know, something of just like a creative mega force collaborator yeah. and in all sorts of ways in terms of you know visuals for uh you know their album covers and still photography of them and um you know all along the music videos of course all along the way um you know they've just gotten closer and closer so to be able to come into that so far down the line um i was really more of kind of um i would observe that and then uh come close with anton and my interactions with the band were not extensive also the band wasn't in much of anything that we right. shot right mm-hmm. interesting and how about working with anton had you guys worked together before we hadn't and i think he's a magnificent uh and magical being <laughs> and um i think he's wonderful and kind and so talented and it was yeah so fun because we really didn't have um you know, it was a five, it was six, six or seven day shoot all in. Um, and we, there was no, you know, there's no agency, there's no label, there's no um, celebrity stuff to yeah. attend to. So right, it right. really was like we were just going out and shooting film content. Um, but with this band behind us that has a lot of resources and, you know, yeah. willingness, uh, you know, to put them behind good creative work. So it was a gift really good yeah how refreshing is that for you um in contrast to like other experiences it was very refreshing i think um i mean i i do a lot of different kinds of producing and um you know i mean you guys know you work in the commercial space and also in you know the narrative world and with musicians and um you know, our roles are always a little different and we're always like servicing something Mm -hmm. a little bit different. And um, I I don't, you know, I don't say that uh, I have a favorite realm to work in, but I feel like it's a lot about what is, what is the need of the thing being created? What, what are we doing? And, you know, knowing what we're doing when we're there and not thinking it's something else um, allows us to, really go deep in that thing and be, you know, be great at it or make something good, um, do good work. And so this was very free and I really enjoyed that. It was lovely. I mean, I would do that every day. Yeah. For sure. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I'd be curious to know, like the word producer means like a billion different things. What does it mean Mm -hmm. for, for you? Hmm. And maybe that it does mean a billion different things to you, but how would you define what you do? Mm. I think um, I think it's like um, I'm like the meeting point of of uh, like receptivity and action, <laughs> like yeah. the the meeting point of listening and of taking action. Um, that's like where my entire work exists, mm. and it's like. I'm kind of shifting more into one realm, a, a more receptive space, whether it's 
you know, collaborating with someone who's putting an idea on the table that, you know, I mean, as you guys know, like it's, it's a vulnerable thing to put an idea on the table, whatever right, it is, yeah. even if you have millions of dollars behind you, or even if, you know, tons of people have said you're the best ever, <laughs> it's still, it's still vulnerable and it's yeah. still a thing, you know? And I think, um, so I'm really interested in that and like, um, like listening deeply to, to that and my collaborations with the people that um, I work with whenever they can be, I'd love for them to be uh, really attuned in that way. And, you know, we can back and forth and, you know, um, ideate together. Um, but yeah. my role specifically as a producer, I think is a lot about, you know, taking, investing in that uh, time and space to listen and then investing in the time and space to take action and making sure that I'm taking action on the things that I heard, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the job. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, and Jared, maybe you, you might have a thought on this, but a lot of times um, the producer seems to, and I know you, you've dealt with this in, in your career, but um, how did you break the barrier between being a producer and and then um, that being something that you do, but also becoming an ideator with with a director or a DP uh, in order to make something better. Like, when did you kind of break that barrier in your career? Mm -hmm. I went into it that way. Really? <laughs> yeah, I I think um, you know, for me, it's about making work and about the collaboration. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the energy, the energy in, in making work for me really a lot of times um, is rooted in that, in that collaborative energy and that making together. So I think that there's this sort of natural thing that's happened. Um, I think it's distilled down uh, through the time that I've been producing. I would say there was maybe a breaking point of where I realized that I wasn't just checking boxes because the people that I was working with were open to more than that. Right. Um, but it's always been kind of where I've moved mm -hmm. from in my work. Um, and the job of being a producer is a job that I've, you know, decided to do, <laughs> but it's, right. um, the edges are a little blurry in a, in a way yeah. that I think, you know, in respectfully is good. Um, I think that, you know, I dial it up and down, um, but I, I really enjoy um, being a creative producer and, and being someone who, um, you know, is brought to the table if, if I'm asked to, you know, to collaborate um, because, you know, there's an understanding that that's going to be a contribution. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm looking mm -hmm. for that when I'm thinking so about maybe... projects to take on or people to work with. And, you know, um, I would say so many of the people that I've worked with especially most recently, um, you know, are, are really, you know, down for that, which is great. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's, uh, I'd love to hear kind of hearing your, your perspective on what you do now. Um, yeah. How did you get started? Like what was, what was the, um, did you always want to be a producer or like, what was it that kind of uh, drifted uh, you toward what you're doing now? Mm -hmm. Well, I grew up, um, uh, I, ever since I was four, I, I grew up in the theater and um, I used to act as a child and it was a, it was like a really like 
beautiful. I, ever since I was little, I kind of recognized it as this really beautiful exercise in my humanity and like kind of thinking about how to, um, you know, practice listening and, and, you know, to explore like human nature through, through acting and through the theater. And I, there, I had a, always a reverence for film and, um, filmmaking and film acting. And, um, I played music as well since I was young, I played drums. And so I had a, um, artistically rich childhood yeah. i certainly didn't say at that time um you know i'm going to be a producer <laughs> i don't think i knew really right. you know i wouldn't know what that was um i think i did have a sense that i wanted to be in the middle of things hmm. and to be really um you know deeply involved and tied in in the creative process with other people i always loved that and um i spent you know, my younger years and into my teen years playing a lot of music and doing, um, doing theater and, and, um, you know, all of that was wonderful. Um, I, I never went to college. I moved to, um, Asia when I was, uh, mm. 18. Um, and, um, I, you know, I thought about going to music school to study jazz, um, and, um, was kind of going down that path. And, um, then, decided that I didn't want to be in school anymore. And I moved away and ended up studying music abroad for a, a mm. long time um, and lived in India, and, uh, traveled around North and South India and Sri Lanka and South Asia. Um, and when I came back, I didn't, uh, I didn't do any art at all. Actually, I mm. started working in restaurants. Um, I needed a job and I, um, I learned about wine and I became a sommelier um, and um, I did that for years yeah. and that was my bread and butter. And, um, you know, I, I just kind of ran in different circles. <laughs> um, and I reached a point with, with that work that I, you know, I remembered about the rest of life. Hmm. <laughs> and I yeah. remembered about, um, you know, what really, you know, what I felt like really brought light into my life and gave me energy and, it was doing artistic work and doing creative work. And um, I was going through a lot of changes that kind of allowed for that breaking open and that realization to happen. And I um, yeah. ended up just working on sets as a PA and um, I just loved it so much. And I loved being in the mix um, and being involved and contributing. And I um, then worked my way, you know, up that ladder with a production and, coordinating and PMing and started first on the photo side um, okay. for still photography and um, um, fashion and um, um, editorial and commercial photographers. And then I moved laterally into live action. Um, and then the producing, uh, you know, came of all that and came of that momentum. And um, it's a natural role for me. And it, uh, it fits really well, I think, with who I am as a person. And I don't really yeah. separate myself too much. Like, I'm, I, I don't know, you know, like, there's, there's like, I don't know, I, want, I don't want to talk bad about producers, but like, producers are like a thing. Like, it's like, it's like a schmaltzy thing that you can, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you can be like, I'm a producer. And it's like a, it's like a um, costume that somebody puts on or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. or like they're like 
acting it out and seeing who responds or you know <laughs> I, I was never really interested in that definition of the role <laughs> the role just kind of was the thing that seemed to fit best with who i am and how i engage with people yeah that's interesting do you feel like when you were you were doing like pa work and and all of that did you have your eye on being a producer or were the yes. doors just kind of open or how did that how did that go as soon as I saw that it was a thing, I thought, oh, I'll do that. <laughs> and what, why? What was it that, that kind of drew you toward that? Well, I thought, you know, I want to, you know, be a part of, uh, you know, making work at a level that I can actually have an affect. Um, yeah, I believe, sure. I believe deeply that everybody on a set has an affect and that, everybody is important and it's not to do with that at all that to say that you know there's an expendable position yeah, there sure. isn't um but you know i wanted to ideate and and think through things and you know be a part of a process that was you know beyond just arriving on the day and lending a hand right um and the the kind of creative producing work that i like to do is a, a long game thing in that way yeah hmm. yeah i get that so do you feel like um, that's a trend um, and maybe not just producers like that are coming up alongside of you, but maybe just in general filmmakers nowadays, like, do you feel like that is, um, I don't want to call it a trend, but just a new way of thinking about film um, mm. as opposed mm -hmm. to maybe the, the way it's been done before? Yes. Well, I think that, um, well, I wasn't there before, so right, right, right. I can say something, and it might be true, <laughs> but I might be wrong. So, um, I can say about the now of it, which is that I think people want to trust one another in hmm. doing work and to build, you know, a, a team and to, you know. I mean, you guys know that you direct to you want to call on someone that right. you know you can meet eye to eye with and because and right. you've, you've done it before. You, you know, it just takes the work higher. So I do think that kind of like tighter knit thing and the collaborative yeah. thing and, you know, not getting so egoic about the roles or whatever, yeah. maybe like the old school mentality or model, um, right. you know. In that way, I do think it's a bit dated. Though I will say, some of the directors that I've worked with operate in that model, and I like that sometimes. Hmm. Why is that? Because yeah. I just think it creates this um, a quiet space where it's like everybody is poised and ready for something that might come about. Yeah as you're making something. And I think that when everyone is really, really leaning into their role, um, it allows for that. And that's beautiful. And um, the efficiency level goes through the roof because right. everybody's yeah. just, it's, there's a potency in that, you know, everybody's just ready to do the thing. Is there more of like a tension or like kind of pressure on set? Is that kind of what you're describing? Yeah. Or just like, um, yeah, it's less like, Hey, we're, we're like buddies. Like, yeah, yeah we're just like doing this. Cause we like, <laughs> We, we, you know, 
we love like we make stuff and like whatever you know like it's not like <laughs> it's not just like we're gonna like shoot it it's gonna be amazing it's like you know like you know i don't know how to describe it other than yeah. that like voice you know it's kind of um <laughs> just this idea that everyone would show up and everyone's a technician right and everyone's yeah. a specialist and everybody's really willing to give their all in in that specific way you know for that day um and then there is maybe there's that translates to pressure yeah it could do you Good. find yourself being drawn back toward um, the same directors, same teams that you've worked with before? Yes. Mm-hmm. I do. Well, I also like, um, I like collaborating regularly with people. Yeah. It, again, it builds that trust and, you know, we can just kind of go in where we left off the next time. Yeah, it's like kind of like shared language kind of yeah. from, from past Absolutely. projects. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, okay, quick question. What is your pet peeve on set? Mm. Like you don't come across as a screamer. <laughs> <laughs> but what would get what would like take you to the brink? Carelessness. In yeah, give way, me an example. Oh, anything that is uh i mean i'm i'm really nice but i i mean i'm like when i'm on set i'm really um hyper aware of everything like i'm really mm-hmm. like yeah. in every role and every way that everybody is conducting themselves and every decision that everybody makes as anything that i'm that i am privy to like i'm noticing and trying to stay really really open and I think it's a yeah. lot of what my job is what on the day, you know, in the process earlier on, like we talked about, there's listening and creating and collaboration and taking action to, you know, pre-produce something in an efficient way. But then on the day, it's like, what's actually happening and how, right. how can that best be responded to um, in a way that helps this mission that we're on together? And so I think a pet peeve would be, you know, someone not knowing what that mission is or, yeah. You know, not like caring. Yeah. Right. Not caring is tough for me. I can't really, I can't find a way to make that fine in my mind. Right. That one gets me. Still don't really scream though. <laughs> <laughs> so like solve for you from like project to project, do you feel like you're at a place in your career where not that like people don't care about the projects that they're working on, but you know, some mean more than others. Do you feel like you are at a place where you can um, find a way to invest in projects that you're working on? Mm. Or are there like throwaways still for you? (laughs) There really aren't throwaways for me. I mean, I don't, uh, I just don't treat it that way. Yeah. I mean, even if I'm doing like the dumbest commercial, it's like, what can we do? You know, what can we make? You know, what can we, how can we work together? You know? Maybe it's not about the content, but it's then, you know, we just, we have this amazing DP who's flown here from 6,000 miles away. And, you know, it's like, here we are, you know, like our lives Mm -hmm. have, our lives have conjoined and we have this opportunity to collaborate in a way that is caring. And, you know, obviously the work will be good when we do that, you know, even like the, the lamest things can be, you know, treated with that kind of consideration and, I think I'm always trying to do that. I mean, I probably not always succeeding, but that's definitely my goal. Yeah. 
what what kind of um i guess as a producer when you like are are working with different directors or even just like interacting with people uh on like a networking kind of basis like what is it about a director that uh gets your attention you know that like you want to to work with them their work yeah mm-hmm. yeah their work i can kind of deal with a lot of different kinds of people like personality wise mm-hmm. yeah i um i can it's like it's a languaging thing like it's i think communication with people is um just a, largely about learning the language that they're speaking um hmm. you know because everybody has like pretty basic needs and um you know if you can if you can figure out you know the checks and balances that take care of those things then you can get to like the next level which is the way someone communicates what's beyond that and that's mm-hmm. obviously different with everyone but um i like to work with all different kinds of people who communicate very differently and some you know have an exact idea of what it is they want to make up front or right. sometimes people just understand the essence of it and are looking for it outside. Mm. And I think, you know, both are great, but, um, for me, it's, um, it's the work. Yeah. Yeah. This musical break is brought to you by our friends at music bed. Push yourself to the next level as a filmmaker at Film and Music Conference. Shane Hurlbut, Columbia Directing Coach Adrian Weiss, National Geographic Creative Director Andy Baker, and more will be sharing techniques and tips. Learn everything from how to light a scene, working with clients, managing a set, and everything in between during keynotes and educational breakouts. The two-day event is a great way to connect with other filmmakers and challenge yourself as a creative. Early bird passes are now available at just $3.99. Head over to filmandmusic.com to register and get more information, or head to the link in the show notes. For more than a decade, Kessler Crane has been designing and manufacturing innovative tools for filmmakers, including camera cranes, jibs, motion control systems, sliders, dollies, tripods, and other camera accessories. They also have a commitment to making products in the USA. For more info, go to kesslercrane.com good. That's K-E-S-S-L-E-R-C-R-A-N-E dot com slash good. Also enter the code good podcast during checkout. Save 10% off your entire order. Now let's get back to the show. So we were, uh, we were talking with someone the other day. Uh, we started talking about how when you're on a project, it's almost impossible to know if it's going to be a good project or not. Like after it's all said and done. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, is there certain things that you have seen as a producer on the projects you've worked with uh, or worked on um, that you can kind of attest to like, this is why this was good. You know what I mean? Or like something different between uh, a project that went maybe South and then something that maybe surprised you. You know what I mean? It's a good one. Uh, well, it's so funny because like the red flags go up in different ways, depending on what kind of thing you're making. Right. So, I think, you know, the space that I'm working in, I would have a different answer depending on what we're referencing, you know, whether we're making a music video or making a narrative piece of work or um, right. a commercial. Um, 
you know, because the factors are so different. Um, but I, I honestly think like, I mean, obviously if it's, if it's piece of narrative work, you know, a good script is a great thing to have. Um, you know, like right. you're making something good, um, yeah. going into it cause it, cause it is good. Um, and you're just right. trying to, you know, put it through the right lens. Um, yeah. you know, whereas with music video, um, I think it's like having a strong visual idea yeah. is so essential. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've done, won't really like go down the road of like specific project to project too much, but like I, you know, I've done, I've done projects with great people and there's just not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like, what's going on here? You know? And it's like, right everybody's great and doing a great job, but that's yeah. where it goes downhill. The idea is not strong. So we can execute the F out of it, right. uh, but it's like, what are we doing? You know? And then I think, um, I would say across the board, you know, people making work, um, people just like, like giving a fuck about it, you know, right. like yeah, that really helps make things good. I mean, it really does. It really shows, you know? And I don't, there's kind of this like, there's an essence in in work that I think is, and I don't, I don't know like where or how to measure this, but I feel like when I'm looking at something, I can see on some level of what I'm taking in, like whether people really like cared or not and what kind of heart and love and soul was put into it whatever right. it's about, you know? So I think that's, you know, that's a great fail safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think you care about, you know, and yeah. like find a way to care about the work you're doing if you don't going into it, or if it's a, if it's whatever, like a plug and play commercial or something, you know, right. but I think, you know, the people who, who I really, you know, love working with and do this high level commercial work, it's not always good conceptually, you know, but they've figured out how to take a script that they were handed and um, put it through this lens. So like the refraction of light coming through it is so different than Hmm. what anyone else could have done. It's like you're bringing this idea to light in an original and special way. And it can be the lamest thing ever. But again, it's that care and consideration and, you know, singularity. Right. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting hearing you talk, Saul, because um, you kind of come across as someone who's kind of a studier, you know, like uh, makes quick analysis of of people and situations, which, you know, is part of your job. But um, would you say that's something that's part of your personality is kind of uh, an analyzer? Yes. And do you like study people? Because it's just yes. interesting hearing you even speak about being able to kind of gauge like heart and commitment and, and all of that. Yeah. Like when I you mean, walk on a set, how quickly are you just like sizing people up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I'm really interested in, in people, like how people are. And I, you know, how, why we do things that we do, that we, you know, most of what we do, we're choosing. And if we're not yeah. choosing something, most of what we do after that thing is a choice or yeah. in response to that thing. So, right. you know, most of it is all choices. 
and everybody's always making them and it's always really fascinating to me to watch the choices that people make you know and like i think that's what it all comes down to you know that's like that's it you know this is over the, the interview's done you know it's like yeah that's yeah. like um you know so much of my work and it's so much of who i am as a person i think is you know to you know to hold a, a keen interest in that and that translates professionally and um i think it also translates in my personal life you know just yeah. like what i'm interested in 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 terms of people or art or you know the way people sure. express and um you know all of the work that i tend to like has this like deep-rooted sense of humanity <laughs> uh and yeah. it can be expressing in whatever way but it's tense for me it's like I don't get off as much on like high concept as I do on heart. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, sure. It, it translates onto set and everything. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I guess before I started working in this, um, in like the film space or um, production space, um, I kind of almost became a monastic, um, like literally, uh, I was in this place where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for work and for my life. And I, you know, I knew where my roots were in my younger years. And I had taken time through years of living and working that were not, I couldn't see that anywhere. And um, I did have a really deep meditation practice and um, would practice a lot and do a lot of um silent retreat work and um, um, mindfulness meditation practice. And um, I kind of lost interest in being um, in the world in like a professional way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I really, I was very close to um, becoming a monk. And, um, <laughs> you know, I chose instead of doing that very intentionally, I remember thinking, well, I just saw these two paths. I knew they were more than two, but they looked yeah. like two at the time um, of, you know, going away from the world of form and playing with form and or going toward it. And either way, I knew that the way that I worked within myself, I wanted that to be the same, if yeah. that makes sense. And I chose to start working, you know, in, in film and stuff and, you know, not to join a monastery, obviously, cause I'm, I didn't, <laughs> um, but you know, it's like the missions that it's not too dissimilar. <laughs> um, yeah. right. you know, it's just, I so happen to be playing with form in these ways and, and, and doing this work and working in this, you know, these creative spaces that I think actually like the kind of meditation practice or whatever is very, um, non-secular. Um, it was more scientific and, you know, he, like, you know, human practice in a way. Um, yeah. It wasn't religious. Um, you know, it's like that's kind of carried into into the way that I approach my work now. Right. Um, it's really important to me. Yeah. So on, on kind of on that topic, um, it seems like what you want to do and what you're being very successful at doing is is bringing that mentality into a production and on set and into the whole process yeah um mm -hmm. what is the thing uh, let's just 
narrow it down to like on set in production, what is the thing that you do maybe practically in order to make every make everybody care like you were talking about earlier? Mm, I care. Just just being the example. I really yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best. <laughs> um yeah. That really is the thing. Hmm. You know, everything else is like, I mean, obviously it's like, you know, I try to hire the right people or, you know, right. hire people who really care, or, you know, hire people who do their job well and who, you know, are, are tried and trusted. Um, but I think most of all, it's just really, you know, caring yourself and the people that I, you know, directors that really care, people fall in line with that, you know, right? they really yeah. do. Um, it's contagious and it hmm. feels good. Right. I think it gives an opportunity for purpose, you know, um, again, whatever you're making, you know, so I think the, the biggest tool for me is, is doing it myself. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, um, you know, as someone who's kind of, uh, you know, kind of like the guardian of like, um, the tone and vibe on set. Um, <laughs> mm. uh, what are kind of best practices? You know, I, I know what you mm. just said is probably probably the answer, but maybe even more practically, like um, mm. what are things that that you're doing that maybe people don't even notice to kind of um, whether it's like morale or just general vibe or whatever. Mm. What do you what are you doing to kind of control that and moderate that? Mm. I think. Um, one thing is I really, I really care about getting close, you know, with each department. Um, yeah. I feel like, um, just like from a, from a technical speak perspective, um, really like cluing into where my keys in each department are at in their minds. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it, it, it's really the trickle down that makes the other difference for sure. And it's, mm-hmm. that's the way that, you know, I can, beyond like setting an example or, or trying to enact something that then other people will do also because they see it happening. You know, that's right. like the seeds being planted, um, you know, all the way across the way. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not just operating from this place of kind of standing behind a director, you know, shouting things to departments through prep yeah. as the director says something, you know, I'm not like, it's, it's more like, let me, you know, let me listen to this director and then distill down what it is that we need to do. And then also, you know, listen to these keys about what the realities of, of doing that thing are, or maybe they have a better idea of how that we haven't even talked about, you know? And I think that it's like encouraging that collaboration and encouraging that, um, mm, creatively minded, you know, very intentional communicative way of doing things. Um, that really makes a difference. And that's another safeguard, I think, to, you know, um, creating a climate when you get to set that where everybody is really keyed into what's happening because nobody's been estranged or, you know, ostracized from the process. Right. What is the, uh, (laughs) what's the worst experience you've ever had on set? Uh, Like when everything fell apart. Without naming any names, obviously. And how did you react? <laughs> Without naming sure. names. And then yeah, how did, okay. How did, how um, did you react? I was in a different country on a job, and um, the uh, we were way late, and it was really expensive. And um, nobody 
Classic. else wanted to pay for it. Nobody wanted to pay <laughs> for it. So, um, you know, that was bad. And then, um, you know, it was really rainy and we were doing the scenes outside and, um, and there were a lot of flashes because there was a scene with these flashing cameras and um, mm -hmm. it was a great job and it was really fun and everything was awesome. There were just, it, the stakes were very high and then the AD had a seizure, an epileptic seizure. What? Um, no. Yeah, that was probably the worst. That's like, you know, oh, you're, no. there, you're thinking like, what should we just not have happen right now to get through this? You know, <laughs> like maybe that is one of the first things that you could think of, you know? <laughs> like, let's not do that. How can I get through this? Well, the AD should not. Have oh, this poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I what guess like that. And then what did you? What did you do? Oh, <laughs> care of him, and then you know, finished. We finished. Um, I mean, I think like the the worst thing is like, I, I mean, I think you know the stakes are high with the work we make, and things can go wrong, um, you know, creatively or technically or this or that. But you know, like someone not being safe or not being okay yeah. health-wise is just a producer's for me it's like that's like the real producer's nightmare you know it's yeah like, that's the mm. bad thing everything else is yeah. like it's okay like bah, 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 you know jazz hands like distract the right people <laughs> and like you know like you know dog and pony showing up you know whatever you have to do yeah. you can get out of whatever but um <laughs> people survive people need to survive and be okay you know and that's obviously yeah. like important but you know that's the bad thing for sure <laughs> yeah so mm -hmm. when and when and why was was the, the last job that you said no to? <laughs> um, other than scheduling? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's like three factors. There's the people, and then there's you know the money, and then there's the creative. And um, you know, at least two of those should line up, or one of them needs to be like amazing. <laughs> you know if it's just one and it just yeah. has to be the most insanely great thing ever where right. you're just like whatever swimming in cash what, swimming in cash <laughs> or you're working with a total like nightmare who happens to be like you know your childhood hero or you know whatever whatever it is right like um you know or the project is like the coolest thing that's going to change the world and everybody on it sucks except for you, but you're doing it anyway for that reason. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you think it's really important or great. Um, but, you know, I think say, me saying no to a job is, is usually when there's not two of those things happening. <laughs> um, right. I think, you know, three is great, but two at least. And so the last thing that I turned down, I, I turned down because it, um, you know, it just... Um, it was boring. Good. What have you ever said? Well, when was the last time you said uh, yes to something that you shouldn't have? And then what did you do? Uh, I mean, I just always regret that when I do that. <laughs> it's like, I always know. Yeah, I know. We always know. know, you know? And it's like, we know. But we convince ourselves for various reasons, whether we need to get, you know, a paycheck or... We think it's important because somebody said that the person is important or whatever, you know, whatever bullshit like that. But like, you know, I mean, I just like, I just really try to like tune in, you know, anytime anybody's asking yeah. me to do a job and listen to what it, what it's like really going on. What does it really feel like, you know? Um, yeah. So what I did last time was I, um, I said yes to a shitty job and then I did the shitty job 
and um, it was a shitty experience. <laughs> that's, that's how that went down. Lesson learned. Yeah, Lesson not learned. rocket science. Pretty basic. Uh, so maybe like um, I'd be interested, you know, for me and, and other like younger directors, mm. um, what are things that you see um, like, I don't, not like personality wise, maybe, but like, um, I don't know what, like in what work. characteristics of like a, a successful, not in work, but maybe in like how they interact or communicate, like, um, yes. what kind of through lines do you see in, in directors that are successful? Hmm. Uh, well, um, knowing, knowing what you want is great. Um, but that's just such like a broad thing to say. I guess what I mean by that is uh, having clarity of, of mind and vision around something. Yeah. And yeah. that really the perspective on it can be anything, you know? And it's just mm -hmm. the clarity is the part that makes it all work as a team going at it together, you know? It's like a director having a clear idea um, or a clear point of view. And um, if they don't know what that point of view is, then what they're being open about with their team is the process that they're in that's taking them closer to it. And either are fine, yeah. you know? But I think the a hallmark that I've seen of directors that are especially you know successful or, or powerful in their craft, I don't mean successful in sure. other ways, yeah. but just, you know, effective, um, is they all have this ability to be very open about yeah. what their point of view is and you know admit also if it, it's like yeah it's not as good you know yeah. or you know i had this mm -hmm. idea that i've been thinking about for a long time and you know because i'm thinking about it in my mind alone you know it's obviously the best thing because i've thought right. a lot about it and it must be the greatest and then you know it's put into action or it's brought into, you know, being in some way it's materialized in some way. Cause you have this team or you're talking with your producer or you're, you're talking with a production designer or whatever it is. And you're kind of like, eh, actually that sucks. You know, like it's actually weak or it actually, you know, is missing something and right. the, the yeah. willingness to be vulnerable in that. And to know that, you know, the role is not about knowing all the time. The role is about in my, in, in my perspective, the role is about, um, you know, being so dedicated to finding the thing, finding the best thing, you know, and it can be through the tools of knowing what you what you have already in your mind or what you've put on paper, whatever. But it can also be through the discovery, you know, the process of discovery. Uh, to me, it's the dedication to that um, to that finding the essence right. of what's actually good. That's what makes someone great, as I've experienced it. And mm -hmm. um it's also, again, another thing that I think is really contagious, at least for me, um, you know, because I feel like it's, a, I feel like every job can be an adventure like that. Yeah. Every project can be that, you know, and it's kind of mm. like mining for the truth of something, you know, it's like kind of like dusting away that the like, you know, less relevant stuff that maybe has lingered around because it, you know, through the, through the process of coming up with something, we, we throw a lot of things at the wall and see what sticks. But um, right. yeah, that's a big one. That's great. I'm going to be chewing on that for a while. Yeah. Do you think that there is um, a difference between introverted creative people and extroverted creative people? Yes. I also think that introverted, introverted and extroverted oftentimes gets 
mis uh, misunderstood. So mm-hmm. I, do you mean um, introverted and extroverted in terms of how they are in their life, and then when they come to set, how that plays out, or what their process is like of creating being more introverted or extroverted? Yeah, like more more about what the process, their process, their specific process with mm-hmm. creative creating things, mm-hmm. and then. Not just creating things, but creating things with a team eventually, you know, and trying to, like what you're saying, um, make something and being open. And have you had experiences with, with people who, um, yeah, it's maybe not even an introverted, extroverted thing, but just people who maybe attack something as opposed to listening and what has been the difference in that <laughs> to you? Hmm. Well, again, I have this belief when I'm making something with someone that they're looking for something. And, um, you know, the way they find it is different every time with different people. Uh, But for me, again, I can be a bit of a buffer, you know, Um, obviously, that's because part of my job, but also just the kind of producer I am is like, you know, I can be a bit of like a buffer or a translator or a, you know, filter between right. a director and everybody else. And, um, you know, again, for me, it's this language thing. It's like this idea of, you know, everybody is, has a, has a language that's native to them. And, you know, you could say one thing in yours and someone else hears it in theirs mm-hmm. and it means something totally different. So right. I'm always trying to look at how I can sensitize both sides of, of the picture, hmm. you know, to each other's languages. Cause I feel like more often than not, I can uh, pretty quickly get a grasp of how someone is right. expressing themselves, you know, and kind yeah. of how they, how they go about doing their thing. Or what finding you just what described actually for. sounds and, um, like my worst nightmare. How so? Like, <laughs> which one, which part? Like having to listen to something. Oh, having like, to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny yeah i believe you <laughs> that was just yeah knowing christian i can attest to that that would be um <laughs> oh i think well, i just kind of like care a little bit not mm. it's not that i care too little about what people think I, you know how it is it's like on set you're very focused and if anything is getting in your way or like someone's personality or something that someone maybe is a little, a little bit more needy or something like that. It's just, I'm just ex- describing why I'm not a producer. This is all I'm saying. Um. Well, yeah, I hear you. I mean, it doesn't mean that I don't think people are idiots sometimes or that they annoy the fuck out of me. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm really nice, but like, there's like a lot going on, you know, it's not right. fake, but it's like, you know, you're internalizing. Yeah. It. Yeah. Or I'm like, keep, I'm like storing it away, you know, strategically. <laughs> like, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. You know, so um, I, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, most people are, you know, insane. So, right. you know. What would you say is... Um, I can just imagine, you, ever want to just imagine you on, on, on set now, Saul, like just in the corner, just like... <laughs> Like little thought bubbles above like, everybody's head. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Yeah. That's yeah. what happens. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah. What, what would you <laughs> but the thing is, is that it, it, it obviously makes you good at your job, mm. you know, mm. which is interesting. Mm. <laughs> hmm. 
uh, speaking to producers, young producers, or someone who may be interested in kind of hearing you talk and maybe feel like you're kind of describing them in a way, you know, um, what do you feel like is some good advice for them uh, to not just approach things as a task manager or someone who kind of uh, just makes things happen or handles mm-hmm. money or, um, you know, gets people A or Z or whatever, you know, like what is the thing, um, what can they practically do mm-hmm. in order to go for, um, to be an ideator like you're talking about, to to be in the mm-hmm. circles that you're mm-hmm. in, not specifically your circles, mm-hmm. but creating their type of circles to to have a group of people who mm-hmm. ideate and as a producer, mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Well, I think, you know, find good people to work with, you know, mm-hmm. who like you trust, you know, creatively, you, who will lean on you and who you can lean on and, you know, mm-hmm. build, build together, um, you know, I think is a, I think is a good one. I, I didn't, um, uh, I didn't really know necessarily, how do I want to say this? I think it's really about also, um, there's a bit of like a, I mean, maybe this is true in any role, but I feel like with producing specifically, there's like, there's just this like weird ego thing that can latch on sometimes Mm -hmm. with people deciding they want to do it. So Hmm. I think it's good to constantly like check why you're doing it. And, yeah. it, you know, and I, I would say that's probably good advice for anybody doing anything ever, you know, but like, right, right. <laughs> like specifically, since we happen to be talking about this, um, you know, role, I would say, you know, stay true, you know, like stay true to just like, if really, if what you're, if what someone is feeling is that they want to do, um, you know, work that's relevant or that matters, you know, relevance, I think comes from with within you know like um you know i think we we build um we build in our minds and hearts the things that are important to us and the understanding of that comes from inside us so you know work with people who are like-minded and who think in similar ways or think in you know different but complementary ways that are you know they're open to you and you're open to them um Mm. i think collaboration is really like the key for sure yeah and it doesn't have to be, it could be a, you know, $500 music video right. in a basement with two people. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, the budget doesn't determine any of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. So like I, sometimes I think there are, uh, there are a lot of, you know, there's, there's an inclination to think, well, if I can just do these certain size jobs, then, you know, everything mm-hmm. will be worked out not true at all you know like i i really don't believe that i think that there's a different set of challenges associated with every different tier of budget and with every different job that you would need to do and um, or that you're presented with as you know an opportunity um but you know the process is this thing you have to stay true to no matter what you're doing and it doesn't matter the money is not the determining factor there at all yeah you know so staying clear of that mindset, I think, is also really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Man, that's awesome. Saul, thank you. Uh, this has been very enlightening. <laughs> and I mean that. I really mean that. Huh. Thank you. It's, uh, it's been cool to huh. hear uh, kind of behind the scenes of what's in your brain. 
and uh, now I'm just curious, like, what your uh, analysis of me and Christian is right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's great to talk to you, and um, yeah, you know, I would love to see you in in real life, and um, you know, I appreciate you extending, and I think it's um. I think it's like a bit of like a unicorn position over here. The, the, the creative producer, like, what is that? And it's yeah. nice to yeah. talk about it. Like, I don't, I don't, not the expert, you know, like I, I, I'm just talking about what my experiences are. And it's nice to do that with you because I think it brings me a, a new perspective as well. So yeah. thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Saul. Thanks. This episode of Good was mixed by Christian Stropko, or as we like to call him, Christian number two. As always, our music today was created by Cubby. That's Cubby with two Bs, and you can check out more of his music at CubbySounds.com. Also, this season of Good is produced by our new friend, Mary Taylor, who'd also like to say something. Jared obviously has the better beard. To find out more info about today's episode, make sure to go to GoodThePodcast.com. 